Welcome to this week's episode of the Down the Pub podcast. I'm joined by Luke Brown as we talk about Frank Lampard and Chelsea's great start to the season. I'm also talking to Steve Steele as we talk about the fallout from the show's fave beer, Nine Locks Horrible Week. Steve and I are also chatting about the form in Halifax getting a $70 million facelift. As always, you can join the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. Don't forget to subscribe. Now on with the show. People say you're riding high in April, shot down in May. But I know I'm gonna change that tune when I'm back on top, back on top in June. <laughs> so, um, I'm just I'm joined by my good friend and uh, ranty friend, I guess. Oh, ranty, yeah, ranty. Um, like friend of the podcast, uh, Steve Steele. So we mentioned on the podcast probably about two weeks ago when we did the episode at Easter Grafton about the dirty blondes you were drinking at Easter Grafton, and I mentioned that there's an ongoing feud between Nova Scotia beer memes on Instagram and Nine Lux over their advertising and that the way that they use the dirty blonde moniker in their advertising so the person who mentioned it on the Nova Scotia beer, beer meme things is saying that's very misogynistic and it's kind of not the greatest way to market towards women I know that you're an opinionated man and <laughs> uh, you 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 messaged me like pretty much straight away about it because we'd, we'd mentioned it on the show and obviously it's been all over CBC now and they've come along and C-Bands or whatever the hell it's called that craft beer of Nova Scotia people have said that they're it's against their rules. The NSLC has come out like months after to say that it's against their regulations. So I, I kind of want to get your view on it. So obviously it, this thing has been going on for a couple of weeks and it's only now that the media's picked up on it. What's your view? Well, first, let me take a sip of this nine locks dirty blonde beer. I am, my, my, my views are, are really prob- simple. Sorry, just before you do that, this is probably like the last cans that's ever going to be around. So. For the record, I bought them at NSLC, <laughs> yeah. and I will continue to do so because now I'm a fan because this, this is delicious. And I'm not a beer drinker, but regardless, like the views on it are like, I find that when I, I talked to a lot of people about it this week, it, it's, it's, it's a hot topic, right? Everywhere you go now. So... This the argument is it's chauvinist, it's it's misogynistic, it's all these things. But there's no implied gender. There's there's probably more dirty blonde men than there are women. Most women like kind of scrub their hair down too blonde or dye it blonde. I don't know much about dyeing hair, but you understand what I'm saying, right? Yep. There's more dirty blonde men than women. So in order to get offended, you have to take a false pretense and insert it into the situation. It, it's not like it says you know dirty blondes with big tits have more fun. It just says, like, blondes have more fun. So my take on it was that, okay, so before the woman in the article that just came out was I I talked to a friend of mine who has dirty blonde hair naturally, and I just brought up the beer, and she's like, oh, Nine Locks, I have a T-shirt from them. It says, blondes have more fun. It's a great icebreaker. You you know what I mean? Like, and she's a a really pretty girl, and, you know, it's not... But that's one person's opinion, though. I'll get there, though. So my... 
we'll get into why uh, this is such a hot topic for me, but like it's one person. So I work in an office with seven women today. We talked about it today and all of them thought it was ridiculous. Like it's not that big of a deal. Like I said, if it was dirt, if it was blondes with big tits or blondes put out or blondes put out more something like, you know, if there was a, a direct sexual reference to it. If even an insinuated gender, I would understand some kind of controversy, but it's literally just a blank tongue in cheek statement that blondes have more fun. I, now, obviously, when you say blondes have more fun, like the images of Marilyn Monroe and things like that come forward, and therefore you you, you see femininity in it. But women aren't drinking. No, I'm not saying all women, but most women aren't drinking craft beer anyway. So beer is usually marketed towards men, correct? Yeah, but but I think that's why there's a, an issue with it is because it's it's using that kind of that's that the, the feminine side of it that like it's directed towards men. It's kind of like a piss take on that kind of that type of woman and all that kind of stuff. So that's I think that's why people have the issue with it that like they think it's that's why it's misogynistic is because it's all about so marketing towards men who do you, do you follow Q104 on like social media like their Facebook yeah you, I, I, I don't I, listen to Q104 personally but do you follow them yeah I, I think I'm like I, I think it was, you tagged me in it today right yeah. yeah that's how I saw it okay so, I think everybody in Halifax is a top fan at this day yes yeah, so. So, <laughs> so this morning when you tagged me and I believe you tagged me in it uh, a friend of mine had commented before you her name is Caitlin I uh, hope you're listening and Caitlin got into an argument with one woman. Everybody agreed with Caitlin. There's like a 35 comment. You can look up in the thread. And everyone agrees with Caitlin that you're making something out of nothing here. There's way bigger problems in the world than this. And there's one woman whose name I will not use who's a maniac and arguing and like, you know, I'm a feminist and insulting every woman that disagrees with her point. Like, what, what does it prove? So that brings it to the article, the CBC article, right? I think it's a CBC article that talks about it where the bartender yep. the bartender at a rival craft brewery in the city is complaining that it's leading to men being shitty to her. So my <laughs> girlfriend was a waitress for 12 years, right? Okay. I, 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 I've been my girlfriend for seven years. Hi, Corey. Hi, baby. I love you. Um, and the things that men say, it has nothing to do with beer. Like, oh, that's the dessert menu? Are you? I don't want anything unless you're on the menu. Or... I don't really want to hear what you have to say. Just turn around so I can watch your ass walk away. Or do you, will you come? <laughs> what? Yeah. Like you get that stuff all the time. And any, any attractive woman that's ever worked in the service industry has heard it. You cannot blame nine locks because me, oh, like men are shitty. Okay. We are shitty. It is who we are. Especially when you include alcohol situation. Not all men are shitty, but it, it happens to like one in every three. At least. But do you not think that the marketing though is giving people another. No. Come no. on, man. It's like, like the, what she said in the article, you know, about the yeah, dirty yeah, yeah. blonde thing. Guys, guys are making now dirty blonde jokes because they're clever instead of asking to fucking take her home instead. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, she was she was getting that long before Nine Locks made Dirty Blonde. I guarantee you. Like, I, 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 I'm willing to bet everything I own that that woman has been sexually harassed in a bar. It just comes with the territory. I'm not saying it's right. It's definitely not right. And I'm saying men are shitty. But like to throw this at the feet of a, a random craft, like micro, like a small brewery, that all of a sudden they're leading to sexual harassment claims is ridiculous. Because the the implication is that like nine locks is leading to blonde waitresses getting sexually harassed more. Being a blonde waitress is unfortunately a ticket to be sexually harassed. It's not okay. We need to get better. The Me Too movement has done a lot of good things, but this isn't the fucking fight. You know what I mean? Like stand up for women. Don't be a dickhead. You can still support women. Don't, like, sexualize your waitress. And don't think it's cute to tell her that you can take her home later. Write your... You're missing your phone number on my receipt bill. That's the only thing it's missing. You know what I mean? Like, you can do a lot of things 
but attacking a beer is not it. Like, you know, Budweiser for years has made hyper-masculine ads, Coors Light, etc., etc. Gum ads fucking sexualize and hyper-masculinity and all these things. Like, Does that make it right, though? No, it doesn't so, fucking so, make it right. Exactly, but, so it, that's, but, that's why I think that, like, blondes nine, nine have, locks... Blondes have more fun is almost innocuous when you start thinking back. But then it's like, it's like well, uh, introducing another blonde from that. It was like, it's just... It's it's stupid in the kind of the times we live in. But, like but, but, I'm not. Hey, I I get what you're saying. Like, but, like I really what do. What if it said another blonde from Sackville or exactly. another, another blonde from why, Bedford? Why make that reference? Like I don't get it. Because like, it's a blonde ale. I know, but it's like it's it's obviously aimed towards like blonde women. Like it's not like you might say like people won't read into it. People oh, people are fucking the, idiots. And the only read into people, anything. If you look at the backlash towards this, the only people looking into this are people that are looking to be offended. It's the same thing. What we I talked to you, you published this earlier this week. It's the same thing with Don Cherry. Don Cherry's an asshole. Don Cherry's all those things. I'm not here to defend Don Cherry. But what I will say is there's a large backlash against people getting offended again. This whole world has gone sidewise because everyone's thin skin now. Everyone's got tinfoil skin. And I shouldn't say everyone because that's not fair because I know I don't. I don't know about you. But outrage culture has led to this radical shift where we become kind of a right-wing, alt-right is now rock and roll. When our, our parents' generation was younger, being a hippie was cool and being on the left was cool and free social programs and screw big business and the government involvement and all this. It's going the opposite now it, it, because there's so much outrage culture and everyone's like fumbling over themselves to try not to hurt one person online feeling, which will turn into a whole shitstorm. The world has turned right, and that's how we got Trump. Like, I mean, we didn't because we're Canadian, thank God. But like, that's how you end up with things like that, and that's the same reason that Maxine Bernier fuckhead uh, ran on a similar platform, and you get sheer and all this stuff. You're radicalizing the right wing ideology by simply just getting offended by things because people are sick and tired of having to watch everything. Now, look, some things are an improvement. Getting offended by certain things is good. I'm glad people will get really offended if I just dropped an N-bomb right now. I think that works. And, you know, implying all blondes are... If if it said blondes are whores on here, I would be offended. But it's just a tongue-in-cheek play on words. Choose your battles more wisely is my point of view on this. This is not the end of the world. I will continue to buy this beer because, A, it's good, and B... Even if it is a somewhat of a misfire, which I will agree to to a degree, this isn't going to like keep you up at night. This isn't going to hurt your feelings. This is not an attack on anybody. It, it, it's playful. It's silly. We gotta we gotta draw a line where it's got to be. There's still got to be some fun left in the things we say. Otherwise, it's going to be 19 fucking 84, and we're all going to be tripping over ourselves. Well, the, the thing it's it's easy for us as men to sit here and say this stuff. We're not the people who work in bars and get sexy harassed and all that kind of stuff and i just think as a company like nine locks like as soon as people this thing started rumbling a couple of weeks ago as i, I told you about it that it was there was i could see the rumblings and i dismissed it then yeah i know but they they should have like seen okay this is going to cause a bit of a shit storm come out then and say this is why we do this okay. and then people i think people would have been okay with it the fact so, is they let this thing fester so and then what's happened is is that this online I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying this online thing has festered. They've kind of gone the wrong way about it, where they threatened to sue, I think, like the person who owns this meme account. And then there was this shitty letter that they sent to the C-Bands thing. It's like, dude, like, just come out and just say, all right, like, this was never meant to offend. We'll tweak it. Like, the fact that 
I know where you're coming from. The fact that NSLC has been selling this fucking stuff for whatever, and, and it, they're going to continue. And, to pe- do and, so. and people have never had an issue with it, and now it's only being raised and all that kind of shit. So, so I get, I get, I get that part of it. But on the flip side, as soon as like like there's obviously enough people being offended by it, you kind of have to like step back and go. But there isn't. Go look at the threads. Like if you look at the threads and the comments to it. One in every fifty people is offended. Yeah, but the minority has become the majority because, like, not being offended is not nearly as radicalized as being offended. Like, I'm not saying what they did was right. Let's let's be clear here. I support this. I would never. But there's a thing that says no such thing as bad publicity. I would have no idea what Nine Locks is. I sure as hell wouldn't have went and bought it today if this didn't happen. And does this mean I'm endorsing like you know sexism? Fuck no. Does this mean I absor- endorse it, misogyny? I think I think you are endorsing it to be honest. Really? I'm no. I mean, like seriously, like respect women is like the premier thing that needs to come from this. I'm not saying that women blondes haven't been overly. But like, I mean, be honest with you. Whether you're blonde, pink hair, blue hair, green haired. Some dirty old man or some prick is going to make a sexualized comment about your body. It sucks. It's not okay. And we do need to shame those people. That is a sort of thing where it's not okay. I agree. But attacking a beer for making a generalized statement of blondes have more fun or another dirty blonde, another blonde from Dartmouth is this isn't the fight. You know what I mean? The Me Too movement made a lot of great strides. It made a lot, it had a few misfires, but it made a lot of great strides in helping men account, holding men accountable for objectifying women. I have no problem with that. In fact, I endorse it. Women getting raped and not being able to face their accusers because men just disperse it like she was asking for by what she was wearing. Shit like that is not okay. But saying blondes have more fun or another blonde from Dartmouth or whatever it is in a beer ad... It doesn't say another, like, you know, tall, skinny blonde from Dartmouth. It doesn't start building specifics. I can dye my hair blonde tomorrow, move to Dartmouth, and say I'm offended. I really can. Because there's no ambiguity towards it at all. It's just another blonde from Dartmouth. It is it's it is what it is. This is not the fucking fight to have. Shout out to the Iron Locks. Your beer is delicious. And honestly, look, at the end of the day, look, they won me over. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a, not a much of a beer drinker. I might become one, and I make six figures a year, so I'm like a key... I'm like a great demographic, aren't I? So, and I'm not okay with the blondes having more fun, but it's not the worst marketing I've ever seen. But, but that... It, it, uh, I honestly think, though, like, you know, like, looking at the campaign as a whole, like, they've made some mistakes with it, and, like, this is where, like... Yeah, that, they probably could have handled it better. Uh, but, like, but, but the way they've literally been dragged, kicked and screaming to... They don't deserve that. Yeah, uh, they, but they they, they they needed to, like, just come out a couple of weeks ago and then just, like, make a statement and then push everything, uh, like, fix it, you know what I mean? Rather than just, like, letting things fester. I find that's the worst thing you can do, like, especially with social media and the way that like we're, everything's like instant so like letting things fester for a couple of weeks and just letting people make these kind of like idiotic like these idiotic like uh, it's not like, idiotic pro- like I, 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 I fight that like it, 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 is it simple yes is it a little too like is it low hanging fruit maybe I don't think it's stupid though I mean look how we're talking about it I don't drink beer. No, no, but I'm, I mean, I, this. But, but, but I'm talking about like the like the like the idiotic way that people like jump on bandwagons oh, and cause God. issues. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, sheep, so, yeah. So I mean, like that's that's the thing. Like I mean, like something that would start like on Instagram, then suddenly gets all these people, and you have 17 or whatever like other breweries like like putting out statements or backing. Yeah, competition kind of, is a slandering them. Shocking. Turn yeah. events that. So I mean, I think, like, like for me, like they the, they could have quashed this, and they, they whoever the PR person is, is 
fucking awful. And it's a small at, brewery. They probably don't have a PR person. Man, they're they're paying a lot. Of, like, do you think those billboards are? Like, I haven't seen the billboards. Okay. So full the, disclaimer: I never heard of this beer until two weeks ago. We okay, were down so, there. So it, it is it is marketed quite a lot here in the city. Like there's billboards, all that kind of shit, right? And then like I mean, they should all, market on this podcast. Yeah, just saying. exactly. But uh, well, we've asked them, and then they they, they fucked it up. You know what I mean? Like, maybe maybe, yeah. after, maybe if they hear my wise words, they might agree. I might yeah. have to cut down the swearing, though. I apologize, nine locks. But, but I honestly think though that like the company themselves just should have come out. Just had a word, and then everything would have been not great, but it would have been a lot better than what they've allowed to happen now. And it's been a PR disaster for them. Either way you look at it, even if it's one person in fifty that's offended, that's still quite a lot of people. And people, as you said, probably didn't even realize that this thing fucking existed. But yet, nine locks by not addressing it have allowed it to create, and it's kind of shitty for them. Uh, you're right. It's a beautiful beer. I really like it. It's but, magic. It's, but, not, it's not a beautiful beer. It's magic. Cheers to that. Cheers. Click the can. There we go. But, the, but their packaging could do with a little bit of work. Yeah, the guys. Um, this is this is not good enough. It, a, the back looks like wood panel, which I don't like. Why does beer always have, to have a wood aesthetic? I know it's something about how they brew. I don't know shit about making beer. It's probably like the yeah, the, the barrels. The barrels. Yeah, yeah, like it's okay. You know, who has a great can, but a mediocre beer. Coors Light. Coors Light is straight to the point. Beautiful. But anyway, Coors Light doesn't taste as good as this. What's the Coors Light? But again. If you actually look, I just noticed this. I'm sorry to cut you off. Zero compromises on the can. They were a fan of me. But the, was it the Coors Light can that, like, changed colors mm. when it was a ter- different... Ten- like, that shit is cool. Yeah. Like, Coors... This, I, I mean, if I can just stay they, hydrated and get drunk, Coors Light is my I go-to. feel like I feel like there's probably, like, ten people over there just trying to fit cans into sleeves and just went, like, fuck it. Yeah, well, these, <laughs> these, these cans are a train wreck. Like, I mean, I noticed when I pulled them out of the box, I, I purchased these before coming here to do this. And especially as, a, like, it is priced as a premium beer, too. Like, it should be... Yeah, like, it, was, it was 18 or 17 so, bucks for four beers, I think it was. So, so instead of, like, spending money on billboards offending... <laughs> random servers in the city put the money into the packaging might be an idea or, or put the money into the down the put podcast you yeah. know like it, it, either or but no I mean look at the end of the day people are going to get offended by everything nowadays because we live in a world I want to get this out we live in a world now where being a victim is a, cool. is much better than being normal I want to say like or People try to make make themselves into victims so they can get like the attention and the recognition it deserves. And in the age of social media, it's really easy to do. And that it really it really sucks because some days there are real victims out there that get brushed over by trivial problems like blondes have more fun or another blonde from Dartmouth. I'm not saying it's the best marketing campaign of all time. I'm not saying it's the worst, but I think people just need to like you know stop being nutsacks because we talked about last time where people can't use pussy anymore. So I'm going to say stop being nutsacks and just relax. If this is the worst thing that you see this week, you're doing pretty well. If you don't like it, don't listen. There's tons of tons of tons. Like you, we mentioned earlier, but we don't have a podcast like in Joe Rogan's podcast. I don't fucking like Joe Rogan. You know what happens when I don't like Joe Rogan? I don't follow or listen to Joe Rogan. So when Joe Rogan says some dumb shit, guess who doesn't know about it? Me. I also really, really don't like EDM music, but you know what I never fucking hear in my life? EDM music. So, it doesn't mean I have to hate you for liking it or tell you you're wrong. I don't like Nickelback. Guess what I don't fucking listen to? Nickelback. So if you don't like someone's point of fucking view or if you don't like the marketing on the beer, just forget about it. Move on. There's more important things in your life. You live in Nova Scotia. You probably got a mortgage. You probably got rent payments, car payments. You got a lot of things you got to worry about. A fucking beer campaign is the last thing you should be worrying about. That's all I'm going to say, man. 
These are all byproducts of things, the same thing this nine locks controversy comes from. All these topics are related and they all come back to the same thing of everyone else telling everyone else what to do by some weird moral barometer that some fucking wingnut in Twitter set. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whether it's Jenny McCarthy, the fucking beer, the Joker outrage, how to discipline your kids, how to... It's all connected to this weird culture of everyone knows better than you all of a sudden. Why the fuck are you taking fucking, like, any kind of advice from reality TV stars or whatever it is? Like, like I'm not saying you need to listen to Dr. Phil either, but... But Dr. Dr. Phil survived is a doctor. A, we survived as a human race <laughs> for thousands of fucking years. Is Dr. Phil a doctor? I'm not sure about that, but I'm... We survived as a human race for thousands of years without social media and people telling us how to think and feel. Was the world always a great place? No, but the world's not a great place now. You got a fucking president of the United States who looks like a goddamn overbaked Cheeto who fucking casts aspersions, xenophobia, and racism every chance he gets. He down, he makes the rich richer, he makes the poor poorer. Like, and we're living it. The world's fucking rotting away and dying according to like a 14-year-old world in Sweden. We live in a world where the president of the United States took pot shots at a slightly autistic 14-year-old Swedish girl. I know. And people were offended, obviously. But there's people also cheering it on. Because that's how polarizing the world is now. And that's super fucked up. By the way, shows the Greta Thunberg, Thunberg, whatever yeah. her name is, a fuck Donald Trump in uh, YG voice. Fuck Donald Trump. But yeah, like that's this is where we live. We should get on to something else, though, because I can rant about this outrage culture for hours. So, um, moving on, so you don't have a, a, a two-hour podcast on me ranting. Yeah, and like you don't like burst a blood vessel. So, um, <laughs> so, so obviously this this talk this is another topic here in the city that just keeps on rearing its head is this stadium, the CFL stadium that they want to build in Shannon Park, wherever the fuck it is. Oh, yeah. So just talk about like a CFL team coming here. There's going to be like all these amazing concerts and then obviously the Halifax Wanderers could make it their home and all this kind of shit. So the city released a study. So somebody is getting paid for like one of these fucking companies like Grant Thornton are getting paid to do a feasibility study. And the city then said a couple of weeks ago, like a lot of councillors saying, we don't want to build a stadium. We don't want to even bother with the study. So that got overturned and we're still in the process. Now... Today I see that they want to spend seventy million doing up an old piece of shit of a building down on Windsor Street. Yep, the Halifax Forum. Now I know this thing like it's got a lot of sentimental value for people here in the city. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think a lot because a lot of people like just remember growing up and seeing stuff at it. Like I mean, I guess there was but Kiss like, concerts. A lot of people went to see WWE in the eighties and the nineties. Yeah, that's true. So, that's so there's a lot, lot holds a lot of sentimental value for people, but it's a piece of shit of a fucking building. It's in an awful part of town because there's no, there's hardly any bus services that go there. It's it's a it's it's a piece it's of shit. Walk away from the mall. It's not that bad. But okay, continue what you're saying. So so they want to spend the seventy million upgrading this. So why should they pay for one thing when we already have? Thanks. When we already have the Metro Centre and not build the CFL stadium that a lot of people want to build. Well, refurbishing the metro, the form is a fucking dumb idea. You just tear it the fuck down and turn it into a fucking parking lot or something. I mean, and, and that's how I feel. Look, I'm not a traditionalist. I'm not someone that hangs on to the past. Downtown Halifax is a nightmare because we can't alter these streets that were designed for horse and buggies. So, fuck the form, build the stadium, and all these people that complain about it being taxpayers' dollars are the same fucking people that get all their fucking money back and get GST checks every tax season. <laughs> so, suck my dick from the back. I don't want to hear it. You don't pay taxes. You don't do anything. And then, like, well, we shouldn't build a stadium. We need federal health. We need health care improvements. It's all very different. We're talking municipal. We're talking provincial. We talk federal. When we talk all these things. The stadium is a municipal thing. It's not a... It's not... 
that municipal cannot fix the issue with ER doctors and not enough like healthcare coverages and all those things. They're not related. So if you're worried about tax paying bills or whatever the hell that is, the average income in Nova Scotia is $27,000 fucking dollars. Guess what you get every fucking February and March? It's that tax return check that you see memes about. Guess what I don't fucking get? A goddamn tax return. I'm going to pay for the stadium, not you. Shut the fuck up. Go work your job wherever it is and whatever you're doing, you're doing your thing to eke your way out to survive and stop talking about things that don't affect you because it's not going to impact your pocket. You don't pay property taxes. You don't do any of those things. You don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Fuck the fucking form. Build the stadium because we're a big city. We're trying to be a big city, but we're trying to fight being a big city at the same time. So everyone complains we don't have the level of access in Nova Scotia. Bring a fucking stadium, you'll get access. You'll start seeing things that you have to travel to Montreal for and all that things. But if you, like, I'm not trying to draw a fucking social status along this. I don't care how much money you make. But if you make anywhere from twenty-seven dollars to $35,000 or less than any of those sums I just said a year, you're not fucking footing the bill for the fucking stadium. You're not footing the bill for the form. We're footing the bill for you. So shut the fuck up. That's it. You'll love it when they bring your favorite band to town in a giant stadium or they bring your favorite whatever or if they get like pro sport events and we start getting exhibition games. Monster for, trucks. Monster trucks. <laughs> maybe NFL exhibition games. ML, maybe we'll get Blue Jays games. Maybe we'll get an outdoor classic hockey game. Or, you know, maybe the Mooseheads can play in the stadium. You can, you know, all watch mediocre hockey. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Stop it. Get out of the way of progress. Stop holding it back with some traditionalism. And if it's a financial thing... Unless you're making at least forty to $50,000 a year, and if you are, kudos to you. And if you're not, I apologize. I'm not attacking you for not doing that. You're doing your best. But shut the fuck up about financial matters because you don't fucking foot the bill. That's all I have to say. So how many people actually live in Halifax? What's the, what's the population of the city? HRM is like 600,000, probably 500,000, 600, I think it is. It's that many? Yeah. Well, I'm including Sackville, Dartmouth, Bedford. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so I mean like... That's not a small city. No. So I mean, like, but if we're we're a, we have big city problems and we have small city problems all at the same time. But do you think that we think in a small city mindset? Absolutely, absolutely. We fight progress at every chance. Now I'm not saying everything needs to be a big shiny fucking glass building like in major skyscrapers and major cities. But we need, like, A, we need to stop trying to put things downtown. There's some kind of weird reliance on downtown. It's just not convenient. Maybe I'm old and I'm fucking cranky. I don't want to go downtown. I hate downtown. The downtown core is a nightmare because it's all one-way streets. There's nowhere to park. I don't mind paying for parking, but then i got to find somewhere to pay to park. And then if it's not full and i got to go around, fucking build outward. They want to build the stadium out in Shannon Park? Great. Don't Although you, it's don't you live in Quimple? I live on a, I live in Cow Hill, actually. Oh. I, I, by oh. the way, I live in a lower-income area. Why do I always think that you live in Quimple? Because I work on Quimple. Oh, okay. Shout out to Courtside Sneakers. Come buy your yep. sneakers from me on yeah, weekends. Yeah. Only on weekends, though. No, you can go on Monday to Friday. Come on weekends. I'm much cooler. It's better on weekends. It's, it's better on the weekends. Yeah, absolutely. So, 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 but, so here's the thing, right? So the I actually like the fact that the Wander Stadium is downtown because it's right by all the bars. And like and that's 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 football. That's but what you, you walked to that game. Yeah, well, I usually get like either like Sarah will drop me downtown, or, or you uh, get a bus, bus and, and then, then you walk the remainder. Yeah, yeah that's great. Try going to try going to fucking eat in the keg. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean, or like fucking try to go to um, lot six. We and you went to uh, we did the podcast a couple weeks ago from what East, East of Grafton. Grafton. Yeah, yeah. There's nowhere to park to go to that. You know what I mean? Like you have to like park two blocks away and pay. And I'm a fat fuck walking up that hill afterwards sucks. So, the, so that, but that's the thing with the with most cities is, is parking is a huge problem. Like Dublin is the exact same. Like these cities were built, like 
a hundred years ago, pretty much. So I mean, it, it, as you're right, it wasn't designed for car parking. So like, there's nowhere to park in any big city. If they want to build stadiums, it has to be outside. But I think the problem with this city is, is that they're very narrow-minded in the way they think of like the transport system and all that kind of stuff. Because if you build a stadium, how the fuck are people going to get there? So I want to share this real quick. I apologize. We're going to back to the stadium, but we, we just talked about nine locks. Uh, I'm getting replies. I took a picture of the beer and saying blondes have more fun and put it on my Instagram at Steve Steel 23 if you're interested. And um, my very left 23 um, year old university student friend, who's uh, also, you know, I don't have to get her orientations, but whatever the case may be, very left wing girl tagged me saying, attaboy. So how offended are people really about it? So back to the stadium and the major, major city problems are, parking is a problem in all major cities. That's not an issue. Yep. Traffic is an issue in downtown Halifax. Now traffic's an issue in all major cities, but there's not enough people in the downtown core. Have you ever tried to drive to Dartmouth at nine o'clock in the morning? Uh, yes, and it fucking sucks. Yeah, it's a fucking nightmare. There's no reason for it. Pro- progress is a good thing. If everything has to be big, I mean, they're building way too many fucking condos in the city now too. Yep. So that's not a good progress. Uh, but there's good and bad with growth. Everyone hates change. Me and you both worked for a company previously when they switched the entire operating system and software. And everyone groped, griped and moaned and griped and moaned and griped and moaned. People hate change, but sometimes change is necessary. You ever been in a relationship where it's really bad and you get a, you, you don't want to leave because you have so much tied up in it? And you leave and your whole life gets fucking better. That's what the Halifax is stuck in. Halifax is married to an old abusive cheating alcoholic ex. And it just won't leave it. And I don't know if like, the, the popularity of like the OK Boomer meme plays into this. And there's like baby boomers holding us into this. But I have friends like my age that still talk about what about the tradition? Fuck your tradition. Move on. So the way that I look at stuff is, is that like history is obviously important. So like there is certain things that they need to kind of protect but on the flip side i mean like we we all need to live here and like the way that the city is built right now isn't fit for purpose like there's no transit system there's no like there's nothing there's no stadium for like you know we want to bring big concerts here and all that kind of stuff so we we do talk we do think with a small city mindset which i think is ridiculous that we all need to think a little bit bigger i agree where to put in the stadium I think it's a good idea I honestly don't no it's a terrible location I agree but build the fucking thing anyway it, it needs to happen yeah uh, like I would I would personally think that like even like somewhere out in Sackville or somewhere like that like I mean too far build it um, build it at Exhibition Park um, mm. that's that's the best spot for it uh, but they want to keep everything again I attacked earlier building into the downtown port and that's going to be in Dartmouth but traffic is already bad enough coming from downtown Halifax to Dartmouth we don't need a fucking stadium that holds 30, 40,000 people complicating that build it no it'll fuck up traffic at Exhibition Park absolutely it's like it's like a, it's a controlled vessel yeah of, of the traffic you put it in downtown in Dartmouth or downtown Halifax down where they want to put it it's gonna be, excuse me this nine locks is delicious and it's causing me burp but um, yeah it's it's a nightmare waiting to happen don't build build the stadium. Don't build it there. Build it in Exhibition Park. Get rid of that old fucking. So, so I, I guess my question is: is that if they like if they spend all this money like doing with the forum, like what the fuck are they going to use it for? Like I said, like we've already got the metro seventy center. fucking million dollars is nothing. I mean, to you and I, it's a lot of money. But I mean, seventy million dollars is a lot of money. It's a waste of seventy fucking million dollars. The fuck the forum. I mean, they're they're gonna make the hopefully they give the fucking forum air conditioning. That would be great. 
That would be nice. Um, maybe um, get rid of those old shitty seats. I don't. The Halifax Forum is such a sunken. I think the Halifax Forum is like a sunken cost fallacy at this point. Like I don't think it's necessary. I'm over here screaming, "Build the stadium!" and "Fuck you!" and your opinion about taxpayers' money. But at the same time, that's that's not. I think all you need to do is like actually go to the Halifax Forum website and see the upcoming events. And then you know how shitty it is. What's like, well, can we do that? Yeah, because there's because there's like literally like the only thing I, that ever seems to be there is either a, a fucking like that Cleves use it for selling off all the yeah, shit. Yeah, Cleves is they're 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 Steph Curry twos. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and like and it's always like they never sell. It's always the same shit that they got. Uh, so Halifax Forum beer is delicious. It's making me so gassy. I know. <laughs> I'm like burping all over the podcast here. Obviously, this is getting edited out. So. Okay, upcoming events. See all events. What have we got here? We've got Cosmic Bingo. Oh wow! Halifax Forums Farmers, Farmers Market. Market. Farmers Market is dope, but it does need a seventy million dollar rethink. The Gothic Christmas Craft Fair. Oh, a bunch of fucking jerk offs and so, Nightmare Before Christmas. Great. <laughs> that's, that's what I imagined it to be too. Is that what it is? That's exactly what it probably fucking is. <laughs> We're gonna leave that in. Uh, <laughs> oh, hang on. Here we go. And then there's a Capital City Sports Car Show. Although, hold on, let me, no, I can't, I can't. Ever. Like, like I mean, it. like, even the website looks fucking ancient. Like, it's Yeah, the, the website could use a couple of that, a couple thousand of that 70 million, that's for sure. Yeah, like, like I mean, like, there's, there's absolutely... There's nothing there. And that's a really flattering picture of the Halifax one. That not... is a very flattering fucking... Is that, is that City Goddamn Crosby? <laughs> I think it is. How dare you put that man in that building... Look at this. Like, this, like when you actually look at, like, uh, that is... concert there, that in no way looks like that whatsoever. Like, no! So, I, I guess, like, they've had a few, like, concerts. I think Blue or something. <laughs> that was like, Who was the a fuck stick? is Blue? They had, like, a 90s uh, fucking... Like, Blue, Dabadi, Yeah, or Aqua, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, but they put those motherfuckers in the convention part. They don't put it in the actual arena. You Like, I saw Ghostface, Killer, and Raekwon from Wu-Tang Clan... In like the other side of the forum where they have like that fucking flea market and all that bullshit, like that's different. Like the tear the fucking floor. Spend the seventy million dollars <laughs> on a parking lot. Don't the fuck out of here. Make money off it. Like don't don't rebuild the forum. And this is maybe not. I don't know anybody that has that sentimental attachment to it that you claim people have. I sure as fuck don't. Well, I hate when I hear when I hear something's taking place at the forum. It actually talks me out of going. Oh my god! I'm I, a fat fuck. I'll sweat to death in there. Well, it's not even that. It's like it's just. Such a fucking piece of shit. Oh, <laughs> like, it's dumb. It's, it's like it's. But seventy million dollars ain't gonna fix that because it's, it's seventy million dollars gonna grease the council's pocket to get it done. <laughs> There's gonna be ten million going to the city yeah, council's like, pocket. Like so, so what they're saying is that they want to like partial. Yeah, partial? Because, because seventy million dollars you can buy the fucking building. Because what they want to do is like obviously that brick thing at the front there. Like they think that this is like probably very worth. Cold War looking. Yeah, they want yeah. they want to keep that bit and then build the the rest. Like seventy million dollars for that. Like we got you said it earlier. We have the fucking metros. No, don't get me wrong. Um, yeah, like it's. Um, well, it's not like it's also be, like you're right about being downtown. Like a fucking like being rotund like yourself. Like it fucking sucks. Like having to having to having to walk up hills fucking everywhere. You know what I mean? Like you sweat your bollocks off. And, and Anthony can't relate. He's a he's a very thin man. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I, like when you're like fucking like sweating your bollocks off at a fucking concert, the last thing you want to do is then walk up a giant hill. hill. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Like, you're tired. Your ears are ringing. You got a fucking headache. Like, Nickelback probably didn't rock you like you thought they like, would. <laughs> like literally, I went to see Jack White at the Metro Center like uh, last last whatever, and I literally like we walked up to the Ale House and I went in and puked me guts off. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fucking the hill had killed me that much. I That's like, only like forty five steps. Uh, I know. It was like you call me a fat fuck. <laughs> it, it, it was like it was like six beers. Fucking listen to Jack Wiping shit and then oh, the walk. Good. Oh man, it was so bad. It was like mm, that guy. Good. Yeah, like tragic. What, what we've learned today is uh, nine locks good. Nine locks needs to support the podcast because yep. I'm gonna. Be, I, Nine locks. Don't we stop buying them? I'm gonna buy a lot of this shit, and your shit's expensive. So you may want to take some of this money I'm spending on you. I'll buy it directly from you if you're necessary. But anyway, go ahead. So nine locks. I don't you dying from this. Nine, nine looks good. You're okay with um, the marketing side of things. Hmm. The forum's bad. Yeah, fuck the forum. Okay. Build the stadium. Fuck the forum. Okay. So that's gonna be. Uh, my, I'm gonna run for city councilor, and that's gonna be my my slogan. Fuck the forum. Build the stadium. <laughs> yep. Thanks for hanging out, bud. Thank you for having me. This week I'm joined by uh, Chelsea fan Luke Brown. Uh, hey Luke, thanks for joining us. No problem, no problem. Uh, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna have a quick chat about uh, Frank Lampard's impact as a manager. Uh, but before we do that, um, we always ask people how they became a fan of their of their team. So how did you become a blue? Uh, it's kind of a long story. So well, it's not that long of a story. So my mum <laughs> supported Arsenal when when I was a kid, and I was like. I'm not going to support Arsenal, I'm going to support Chelsea. And this was probably when I was like, I don't know, 10 or 11, I think. And then after that, I kind of just, I did it out of spite to begin with, and it just kind of ended up sticking. So, what? so, so you follow Chelsea to spite your mother? Yeah, pretty what? pretty much. More wow. of a story. I must say, I must say <laughs> of all the reasons that I've heard so far, that's probably the fucking worst. <laughs> you should be ashamed of yourself. Everybody else is like, oh, my dad followed this, blah, 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 blah. And then you were just doing it in spite of your mom. So, yeah, yeah. kudos to you, man. Well done. <laughs> it worked as a favor now, you know, for looking at Chelsea compared to Arsenal. So, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't believe that. Uh, just a little bit off topic, but uh, Arsenal lost again tonight. I think uh, old Mr. Emery is, is probably on his way out, I think, at this stage. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they got horrendously booed off at uh, a full time there. So it's only a matter of time. Um, yeah. But I mean, like. <laughs> Who, who can they bring in? Like, who's out there? I don't even know. If we say Pochettino, I'll fucking choke you. Bring our Arson back. Yeah, yeah I, I, th- I think they should go for uh, Marco Silva or Everton. Just to, cut, just to get them relegated, you know what I mean? So, <laughs> like rotating. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so the first game of the season, you just get hammered 4-0 at Old Trafford. Uh, yeah, what what were you thinking? You know, you know what? There's it's kind of like I'm kind of on the wave as like the other Chelsea fans as well. Whereas like we we played well, but it's hard to determine. Well, we lost four 0 so it wasn't <laughs> great. But like compared to like what we were like last year with Sarri and then Fonte before that, it was like we we had some attacking flair. Like people were pressing, you could see they had an idea about them. But we got beyond the counter attack quite a few times. So. <laughs> It's one of those things as well, like 
there's definitely more leniency, I feel, this year because Frank's back. There's the new youngsters coming in. They are trying to play in a different way. Like, people are starting to like them. Like, they're starting to become, like, the second team if they want Chelsea to win against another team. So, it, it wasn't great, but you could kind of see that there there's the potential there to kind of go forward, which, luckily, they, they've showcased in some degree so far. Yeah, it almost seemed like a little bit naive. Like, his first game in charge, like, and like I just think he kind of wanted to go like hell for letter maybe because um, yeah. Yeah, you're right they were they played really well in that game and the 4-0 the uh, scoring was very flattering to United so 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 what, what's Frank done then to turn things around? I think honestly it's just invigorating people like I know he's changed the formation quite a bit he changed it to 4 at the back instead of the 5 at the back which he, he had for a couple of games I think it's teaching the youngsters as well how to actually control a game like you can see that still with like Valencia like Man City there's definitely naivety like you said in our game at the moment which makes it exciting like some of the attacking football that we're seeing at Chelsea now we haven't seen for a long time but it also they're not controlling the game and seeing out the game like Valencia last night I think 81st minute or something like that like it was a pretty lucky goal but it's, it's still like if you had like Frank Lampard, Terry, and Brogba, and all those guys in the team, still you'd you'd probably bet on them to see that game out and get the win. Yeah, I think it's probably like a mixture of both. Though I feel like if Mourinho had been in charge and those players were yeah. playing, it's it's just you know when he's like so new. Like I mean, like it, it obviously he was manager at Derby last year, but I mean like it's kind of just a whole different level. Um, it's a learning curve, and I think you're right. He's got like the grace of being. A Chelsea legend that's kind of given a little bit of scope to have some yeah. failures, but um, like I mean, like looking at the game like last week, like these really did give it a go at Man City. Oh, seriously, yeah. I think we were like the first team that had more possession than Guardiola in like his whole career as a like a first team manager, kind of. What? So you, yeah, you got to give kudos for that. And it's uh, yeah. If we could have got the win, it would have been a lot better. But, you know, yeah, like so, I, I it's probably like like I usually like I kind of keep my eye on Chelsea because I, I although Frank Lampard played for Chelsea, I always kind of admire him as a player. I always like to watch him because he was amazing. So um, I kind of want to watch how he's going to progress as a manager. So I, I watched yeah. the game and like you like those two goals that you know that City got. Like they weren't deserved. Like I thought, you guys like really controlled the game, and it was yeah. kind of it kind of really sucked. So, like I mean, in these like to to reach that next level, um, like where do you need to improve? Improve? Do you think? I think we need a couple of new players. Like centre back, Tomori, good potential, but he he's he's still young. Like the first couple of games he played, I think he played against Liverpool was one of the big ones, and he he came flying out of gates like he didn't make a mistake. But like the last couple of games, he's he, he's kind of like tried to do a header back to the goalie and messed it up, or like tried to pass it to somebody and kind of messed it up. So it, it's just kind of having a consistency there. I think he's definitely one for the future. Maybe he's somebody right now that kind of needs to be in and out of the team more than anything. Um, Zuma, a nice guy. Don't really rate him. Like even like the first <laughs> nice guy. Jesus Christ, <laughs> nice guy. Terrible footballer. <laughs> yeah. Well, like. Even if you watch the the Man City game, like he he had an easy pass out to like Astroquera, like on the right hand side, and he completely missed his lines and it went out for a throw in. And even for the first goal that Kevin De Bruyne got, like if you think of somebody that was experienced, he made the mistake to begin with to flip the ball up in the air to Kevin, and then he tried to correct himself, 
and then he got the the, the touch on the ball like with his studs and in realistically like if you're a more experienced player you wouldn't panic like that and you'd you'd also think that that's looks like it's going to be a weak shot maybe turn around and let the goalie get to it instead of trying to dive in and get like a light touch on it because that's when you get those kind of deflected goals so i don't know i think he's feeling a lot of pressure too though because i mean like he did he did reasonably well at everton last year and um obviously chelsea can't sign anybody right now so they need these kind of players to step step up and i i just think that that's it's a lot of pressure on he's still a young guy right he's not like he's still learning and like it's a lot of pressure that, that he's the like what like against man city he was the senior um center half <laughs> like that's, yeah. that's so much pressure and especially when you've got like a young keeper there as well like it's uh it's 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 hard that but he always does look he reminds me a little bit of davinson sanchez that plays for tottenham he just he's a great a really good player but he just looks like he's on the cusp of doing something stupid <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so uh, this, um, so obviously you've had some like big sex successes with the uh, the kids coming through. Like Mason Mount's been a bit of a uh, a revelation, and so is Tammy Abram. So, do you think after they start bringing players in, these guys will still be in the first team? I, I think for the most part, I think Tammy would probably probably be there. I can't see them replacing him anytime soon, especially with the goal scoring record he's got so far with us. Um, but I think we need a backup there for sure. We've got Batchuai, who's pretty good. Um, Giroud hasn't really seen a game for a while. Mason Mount is kind of a strange one because like now Kante's come back. He's been out of the team for a while. And he did kind of have a, a rough patch there. But again, like is he like 19, 20, something like that? Yeah, it's it's crazy, man. Like the like the, the thing how good he is that like at that age. Um yeah. like well, I mean, like like speaking of Kante, like he must be a huge plus to have back. Yeah, yeah, Kante. It's kind of one of those weird ones as well because, like, he he's been using the centre attacking midfield role at the moment, and he he gets about a bit. And it, it's one of those things. It's like, do you want Mountain there that has like a little bit more creativity, or do you want the Kante who runs around to every corner of the pitch every game? <laughs> but he he's a yeah he he's a huge uh, bonus. And Kovacic and Jorginho playing so well, they can't really put them there either. So yeah, it's kind of funny. Like, I mean, I just I feel like. Uh... Jorginho and uh, what's his name? How do you say it? Kovacic, I think. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, uh, like I honestly think that like they're the same player. Like it's weird that they have the two of them in the team. Like I could see one of them and Kante with Mason Mount in front. Um, I yeah. just I, they just always seem to want to play the same pass all the time, and I just think that Jorginho is just that little bit that little bit better. And like that's my opinion. I think you could have all three like Kante. Jorginho and uh, Mason Mountain there to have like a pretty decent midfield. Probably one of the best in, in the league, to be honest. Yeah, well, Kovacic, I think, kind of came out of the blue this season, really, because like, last year, he, he was okay. He was, he was average, I'd say, at best, really. And obviously, Real Madrid were willing to let him go. And this season, he's kind of he stepped up his game. Like It was a couple of games ago now, I think, but he's been like power past players when he wants to and his feet are quick so it's like there's somebody coming at him who like bounce the ball around him and away he goes he like breaks the lines up pretty well yeah so so, so there's talk again about them trying to uh, overturn this transfer ban Um, if if they if they do who do you want to see the club go after oh jeez that's a good question I don't really know to be honest with you like wingers wingers were good like we got William Pedro hasn't even played a game and he's still 
great player. Hudson Adoy is on our bench. Like you can't really get much better than that. Our midfield, we got Loftus Cheek coming back. He's going to be great. We can maybe do with another striker up front to counterbalance Tammy Abrahams because Batchua is a good player, but I don't know if he's he's a good sub. I don't know if he's a good starter. And centre back, I think, if we can get like an experienced centre back in, that's uh, not going to kind of be a new David Louise or anything like that. Then <laughs> that could be <laughs> an so, so how 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 happy were you that uh, Arsenal took him off your hands? I, I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy. He, like he's one of those players again that has like a fantastic game, and you're like, this guy is a superstar. But then the next three games, he'll just like he'll pull somebody down in the penalty area, or he'll do so he'll run up to the striker position and just leave him hanging out back. Yeah, it's like it's like Serge Aurier for Tottenham. Like uh, he he's played two good. He's had two decent games on the Mourinho, but. Yeah. Like he, he just always does something like rash and he'll give away a penalty and kind of Sissoko for Tottenham kind of reminds me of that too it's just uh, like a rush of blood to the head so I think that was a good move by Frank to get rid of him um, yeah. just like he's probably his wage bill was probably enormous too so um, <clears throat> so do you think they'll actually get the, the ban lifted or will they have to go through another uh, transfer window without bringing anybody in yeah I Possibly, like I know Man City just had their kind of thing with the, I don't know what the like arbitration court, I don't know what they call it, but like they didn't get a ban or anything for the same, um, pretty much the same thing. The only thing that Man City did was kind of like confess up to it. I think Chelsea <laughs> tried to hide it a little bit. So um, I don't know, they didn't get anything for it. We got a two window ban. So possibly they can meet in the middle. But I think we're in a good position right now where realistically like the youngsters have kind of stepped up and it wouldn't do them any harm to get a season under their belt and then we can kind of see next summer where they're at because you can always have a player that plays for two or three months really well but if they're going to be consistent across the season then that'll be the kind of key to it. Um, yeah, we- I think I, I think uh, like as I said like I even forgot that Loftus Cheek was to come back so I mean like there is there, there is a little bit of depth in the squad like, like Hudson Odoi is like a great yeah. player too, and uh, a striker would be nice though. I think I think um, I think Tammy up like he probably just needs to be managed a little bit and just been taken out of the team every now and again just to kind of give him a break and not have all yeah. that pressure on him because it is a lot of pressure. So where do you we, think you'll? Sorry, go ahead. Even think of centre back. We got Rudiger to still come back, and he's a he's a great defender as well. So and there's that Christian Christensen guy as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, he's good. A couple of seasons ago, I think Barcelona were after him. He's not a bad, bad player that's, at all. So I mean, that's you're probably right. Like I mean, part, like like nobody really buys anybody in in January anyway. And then you've got like Pulisic, who's like the last games is really starting to show his qualities as well. Really, like, like what? What? He's, how many goals has he scored in the last few day, few games? I think five, I think, something like that. Like, he, after the international break, he kind of came out his own. Like, I remember seeing, like, some news articles saying he was, like, crying on the bench for the US, like, where he wasn't getting game time where they subbed him off and everything was going downhill for him. He wasn't getting any time at Chelsea and yada, yada, yada. And then he comes back, like, like sets up a goal for Batchelor, I think, against Southampton and gets in the team and takes Hudson and Doy out. So, it shows yeah, how quickly I watched that 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 game. We, there was actually against Canada that uh, he was uh, subbed off. So that Canada beat the States two 0 and he was in floods of tears on the bench. Like, and I think probably like somebody probably like got a hold of him after the game and said, "Like, listen, you know, you're still a young guy, and you can't yeah, 
like there's a lot of pressure on him. Like I mean, there's a lot of money that he moved from uh, Bruce Dortmund, and then like obviously you're taking Hazard's place. Yeah, <laughs> that's a pretty big boost to fill, man. To be honest with you. So, yeah, um, so, so where do you think you'll finish at the end of the season? Prediction time. Top four at least. Preferably above Tottenham, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've, we've been great. doing okay since he came back, so <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, top four. It, it's going to be one of those things where I can't see us beating one of the top teams unless we we start kind of smartening up a little bit and controlling the game better than what we do. But we can also blow the little teams out of the water. Like you look at Norwich and all those kind of teams that we played on beating like three 0 four 0 all that kind of stuff. So if we can beat the little teams really at the end of the day, that's that's the main thing. Um so cool. Yeah, like I, I think it's gonna be like I think it's a two horse well, three horse race now with Leicester there too. So it's it's gonna be actually pretty that, that fourth spot I think is probably gonna be pretty um pretty hard to predict to be honest because I mean there's a few teams like I think if Arsenal actually maybe change the manager they'll get that kind of burst of energy you get from having a new face around <laughs> coming from experience with a oh, oh man like I, like it's been crazy like I, I didn't want them to come in whatsoever because obviously the, the Chelsea connection and the United connection but I mean he has brought a, a sense of like freshness around the, the the club and like taking Dyer off in the twenty seventh minute, Pochettino would never have done that uh, yeah. during, during the, the the game. Like I mean, Pochettino probably would wait until halftime or even an, after an hour. So it was great to see a manager with a bit of steel. So you know, like I think it's gonna be interesting when Chelsea play Tottenham just to, to see Mourinho and uh, Lampard together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's gonna be interesting. I always so, find Jose Mourinho. He's always a uh... He like the first year is great. It's always when you get into like the second or third year that's when it starts things start going downhill. Yeah, uh, but I think uh, like we we were kind of smart. And we I think we only signed him to a three year deal, so I exactly. think that, uh, which I think is a a good idea. Like I I don't think Levy wants to fall into the trap of what United did and hooked him in for five years like we did with Pochettino. So um, so like Roman Abramovich came into your club, revolutionised everything. Like he. He pretty much changed the way the football clubs are, are run in England too. Do you still think he feels the same way about the club? Because you don't really hear much about him anymore. But I'd like to think so. Like I know there's been a couple of well potential bids, like you see in the news from people trying to take over Chelsea, and they seem to have been knocked back. It's kind of one of those things where like he's having an issue with the British government right now, so he can't come into the country. So you don't really know what the scenario was there but the only downside is we were supposed to be renovating the stadium and he kind of put that the dampers on that because of what was going on with his visa and stuff so I hope like he's obviously been a tremendous success with us at Chelsea like yeah you really want him to leave like he, he's done so much for the club and even now like he, like now we're getting on our own kind of foot and now we can pay for our own transfers and stuff like that but it, it's uh yeah, it, I think it'd be kind of a sore mess if he did leave because we've already got everything we kind of need. Like, look at, even look at the training facility and stuff like that. As compared to what we did have, is insane. But I, I think I think he still likes us. I think by now, like if he didn't want us, he would have he would have sold us by now. I think. So do um, I wonder how much money he's actually put in, like all tolls. It's been crazy. Uh, got to be crazy. It's got to be at least a billion, I'd say for sure. Like especially wow. on the phone. 
yeah first like what five years like we was, didn't really have any sponsors like and we were just spending money like it was going out of fashion yeah i mean, I mean like like the, if you look back at like some of the players that were brought in it was <laughs> it was a little bit a bit of a crazy time like i mean like veron was like a a huge flop at united you guys went out and spent quite a lot of money on them uh mutu who was great for half a season <laughs> and then became a, and then became a coke fiend so yeah it's it's de- it was definitely a fun time to be honest uh watching from the outside um yeah. so so what's the issue that he's having with the with, with the government in in england i think it's to do with his russian links to be honest with you like something to do with his company i don't know if it's like shady money or like he's been connected to somebody but yeah it's something to do with the, the affiliation with russia i think and they kind of got pushed back wow was that, you, yeah. would, you would think after him being there for like what 15 years that they would have noticed this before <laughs> yeah exactly yeah like why is it an issue now so um so i mean overall i think it's been a pretty decent start to the season for you like i mean like you're like tour de fort now is that right yeah i think fourth but no third or fourth yeah yeah because we got leicester you got man city and liverpool yeah must be fourth yeah so I mean, overall, it's it's been a pretty decent start to the to the season. I think it would be nice for John Terry and his um, Peaky Blinders hat to come along and to become the assistant manager. I think that would be a, a dream team. Uh, yeah. I, I I just every time I see him, I, I can't remember what game he was at the weekend. He was watching a game for Villa or something, and he had the fucking Peaky Blinders hat on. Where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> It's just a new style now. Yeah. Uh, he was also, I don't know if you saw, he was complaining that uh, Sky left him out of the team of the decade. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, like, you, you can't you can't be angry if somebody leaves you out or something. It, it is what it is, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's so, the talking, really. <laughs> so, um, in the next couple of weeks, because uh, obviously we're coming to the end of the year and the end of the decade, and I feel incredibly old, um, we're going to do like the best games of the uh the decade so yeah. in the premier league so hopefully you'll think of a few and you'll come on the show and join us there'll be a few of us uh, for that episode so hopefully you'll be uh you'll come along for that luke and we really appreciate you taking time out of your snow-filled day to have a chat about chelsea and uh we'll catch you again no problem yeah thanks for having me oh well yeah. there's definitely a couple of games for sure <laughs> yeah we can smile bring me laughter all the while in this world where we live there should be more happiness so much joy you can give to each brand new bright tomorrow make me happy through the years never bring You've been listening to the Down the Pub podcast. I just want to say thank you to my guests, Luke Brown and Steve Steele. Andy Watson couldn't join us as we got hit by an unexpected snowstorm here in Halifax, so everything was crazy. Uh, don't forget to check out Dave Smith's Armchair Commentary as he's doing his iconic series. It really is a great listen. Our competition for a Down the Pub t-shirt is still going on on the Facebook page. Just like the comment, share it, and you can win yourself a beautiful Down the Pub podcast t-shirt. 
check out the website that we've created at down the pub podcast.symbolcast.com there's a web player built right into it so it makes listening to the show way way easier and thanks again everybody for listening it really is appreciated until next week cheers